Hello and welcome to also going to look into some nutritional advice so we're looking at b vitamins this week so b1 b2 and b3 i'll be uh, letting you know what they do and how you can put them into your diet with the food groups that you can eat we are looking at fitness how you can grow your abs from a pull-up bar a lot of people will be scratching their heads or walking around or listening to this going well i'm hanging from that how can i build my abs there are a few killer exercises that can definitely help build a killer core and we will be discussing a little bit of news this week in terms of what's going on with the business and deals that you can get over the next few weeks and of course wouldn't be the same without finishing off with the golf portion of the show and this is something that has popped up not once but three times in the last couple of weeks so i thought i'd discuss it do you need more wedges in your golf bag we'll get to that answer at the end of the show okay then folks here we go we're straight into it as i say if you haven't listened to the show before or you are listening to the show on a regular basis please like subscribe and share it with your friends I do talk utter nonsense most of the time, but a lot of it is very informational nonsense and can be very interesting if you're a golfer or you're looking to gain some fitness through golf or you're gaining to, looking to get longer and stronger at playing golf. I am a strength and conditioning coach. I'm also a nutrition and weight management specialist and flipped into golf in 2023 and I've already helped dozens of golfers improve their game improve their fitness gain some distance lower their scores and obviously winter is here the golf course that i work at as a coach and a greenkeeper as well more strings to my bow is currently shot we do shut for around three to four months last year it was six hopefully it's not going to be six this year i'm praying that we get a cold snap and the rain just goes away but we're doing some improvements to the golf course over the winter once again and hopefully if the rain does hold off we'll be back again early in 2024 like i say like subscribe and share and for the next half an hour or so you're going to listen to me witter on about some things that you may or may not be interested in but they are definitely going to keep you coming back for more so obviously we'll start the show with the news. So if you are a gamer and you're interested in any way, shape or form by VR headsets. Now I bought a Quest 3 March 2022. So that's quite a long time ago, almost you know 18 months. I've also got a Quest 3. So at least once a week, we'll I'll be putting a little video on Twitch and then one once a month on YouTube uh, dedicated to one of the games on the console. If you are interested in watching and listening to my voice talk about VR games, 
then you need to go to it's Vinny's in VR. So that's V I double N Y S underscore in I N underscore VR. VR is in capital letters. You'll find us on Twitch and on YouTube and also on Instagram. Uh, there will be like an hour warning before we go live on Instagram. So sign up for the usual like, subscribe and share. And if you're interested in buying one of these headsets or you've got one of these headsets, please add Mr. and Mrs. Vinny on the Quest platform. And we'll come and join you for a game of golf or fishing or whatever it may be. So that's that out of the way. My personal training, I haven't done a lot. We've been quite ill. I said over the last week or so, the wife works at a care home. Um, I've been out doing stuff in this lovely winter air. And we've both felt like crap. So I haven't trained at all this week. Um, I've actually slept in till 9am on two occasions over the weekend. And really, really feel rough. <laughs> but I've got my driving test tomorrow. So that's good news, I suppose. Talking of also news in terms of business, well, obviously, golf lessons at the Himley Hall Golf Centre, the last ones are this week. Um, 1st of December, it will be shut down completely up until the 1st of February at Himley. So I will not be returning to do any lessons at all uh, at Himley Hall Golf Centre in the West Midlands until the 1st of February at the earliest Keep an eye on the Facebook and Instagram praises of both Failsafe Fitness and Himley for those details. If you do want some coaching though, I am still doing it at home uh, in Stourbridge at the Failsafe Fitness home base. You can still book lessons in with me. We can still take a look at your numbers and Launch Monitor will be available to take a look at that and fix your golf swings also of course personal training and nutrition black friday cyber monday christmas is around the corner there will be the opportunity to buy the packages so people who haven't listened to this podcast before if you go to the links in the web on the description website booking site we do have packages so i do do a 125, 250 and a £400 package which gives you various, you know, whether it be golf related, fitness related, sports related. They're just packages of things that I offer to people throughout the year and coming December, those packages are going to half price. So that's a little snip. If you're listening to this podcast you will be the first people to know about it. But 1st of December, all of Failsafe Fitness packages in terms of sports, nutrition, fitness and golf will be 50% off right the way until the 20th of December. And all those packages can be used from the 1st of February. So I am going to take, I'm not here uh, throughout January uh, I'm not going to be available throughout that month at all for any kind of training or whatever but 1st of February you can buy your package at 50% off 
that package will be sold right the way from the 1st of December right the way through the, till the 21st of December so you have 20 days to book your package and that package will obviously be extended we normally have a 90 day or 180 day we're actually going to extend that to 120 and 210 days to be used because obviously I'm not going to be available through January so let's crack into the show shall we I think that's enough about me enough about my my first world problems as a business owner and what I'm going to be up to let's see what we can help you with this week so last week I did vitamin A so a little short snippet it was only a very short podcast last week so I just did vitamin A so we're going to talk a little about the B vitamin group and obviously you've got B1, B2, B3, B6, B7, B9, B12 we're talking about 1, 2, 3 today so vitamin B1 which is thiamine B2 which is riboflavin and B3 which is niacin now you may have heard of these all of these are added to a lot of cereals so when you're looking in your local supermarkets you'll see these uh, with added vitamins like thiamine, riboflavin, niacin they're all in they're added to cereals because obviously during the process of making them they're taken out so they add them back in um, and to be fair B1, B2, B3 all very similar you know they help convert food into energy and it is critical for nerve function um, B2 also helps support healthy skin hair blood and brain B3 helps again convert food from uh, for energy and is essential for healthy nervous system um, and vitamin B1 uh, pork soy watermelon tomato and spinach so if you need to increase your B vitamins and help um, convert your food into energy then vitamin B1 is the one you need pork soy watermelon tomato and spinach are all on that list vitamin B2 obviously again that healthy skin hair blood and brain a lot of dairy products meat green leafy vegetables and enriched wheat and oysters are a great source of vitamin B2 vitamin B3 niacin beef chicken shrimp avocado peanuts tomatoes and spinach are the top things that you can get your B3 from and of course B1 to B1 B2 B3 those are also available in a lot of cereals that you'll see on the shelf in your local supermarket and like I say these are essential vitamins to help convert food into energy for your central nervous system red and obviously your blood and your brain function and nerve function if you don't get enough you're definitely going to know about it so yeah add those in to your diets people add those foods into your diets and keep those vitamins topped up and that's your vitamin and your little nutrition tip for this week we will go into the rest of the B vitamin family next week and then we'll look at C, D, E and K the week after
fitness. Now, as a coach, I've been a coach for almost 10 years. And, uh, you know, I did uh, CrossFit back when Rich Phoning was popular. Um, I haven't done CrossFit for three years now since pre-COVID. Uh, mid-2019, I gave, kind of gave up CrossFit and Olympic lifting. Um, so I've been out, out of the game in terms of competitive for three years. You know, the one thing I did notice by doing CrossFit, there were, they have a lot more ways of doing things that are very different. Um, and a lot of the CrossFit athletes are very strong cores, and it's because they do a different bunch of exercises to the rest of us. So everybody thinks CrossFitters are crazy. Maybe there is a little bit of that. But they also do some very good exercises and these are three exercises for the core for your abs that you can do from a pull-up bar yes you're gonna obviously build some muscle in your grip and your arms but uh, these three exercises the first one is going to be the L sit so it's something that we used to do a lot of in CrossFit to help build the strength in positions so when you're trying to get a muscle up, it's very important to be strong in that sort of L-sit position to be able to pull and hold your weight together to pull yourself up over the bar. So what you do, you hang arm's length from the bar and you're just going to raise your feet together and keep them like an L and sit there for as long as you can. And you're going to think this is fine. First, it's going to be your shoulders. That's going to hurt. Then it's maybe going to be your legs. Uh, but you'll suddenly, suddenly you'll feel... You need to use the, use the lower part of your abdominals to help stabilize and bring your legs up. And you'll just slowly feel them drop. And when they do, that's when you drop down and do again. So if you just do three sets of that for as long as you can with about a minute's rest in between, that's going to help build those lower abs. Second one is either together or alternate knee raises so you're going to again hang from the bar arms full arms length full full length hang hang from that bar and you're either going to bring those knees up to parallel or you're going to bring one up and then the other and work them individually and do sets of sets of eight to ten ten to twelve you know each side and then drop yourself down and do yourself three sets of those Again, working the very similar muscles to the L-sit, but obviously you're going to be moving, which is also going to help create some strength in that in that position when you're holding the bar as well. So you're going to build the upper body and the core. Third exercise, very interesting. It's going to be toes to bar. So you're not going to want to do this in a main gym. Probably your Globo gym are not going to like it. But if you are at a CrossFit, then toes to bar is a very, you know, you've got to hang from the bar. You've got to swing. We've also got to be, have that flexibility and the ability to bring those abs. And what I found a lot of, I mean, toes through rings as well was another one. So if you can't do toes to bar, do toes through rings very similar but gives you a little bit more swinging freedom 
it's a great exercise to build that core and again creating that comp that contraction in your core so three exercises the l-sit knee raises whether they be individual or together and toes to bar will definitely help build a very strong and very stable core i know it did for me then we're going to go into golf so this is something that's popped up quite a lot like i said i've had three clients in the last couple of weeks message me do i need more wedgies i've borrowed a wedge excuse me the cat was sneezing his ass off i think he's just as ill as we are so that's the kitty cat out of the way I found this when I started playing golf. Um, had a set. It was a, I think it was four iron to sand wedge. I never really thought about custom wedges or that low end of the bag. And it wasn't until I bought a slightly better set later down the line um, that I kind of realised that most of the the better clubs were were going to be. You know, four to pitching wedge, five to pitching wedge, six to pitching wedge, maybe gap wedge if you're lucky. If you're going down, you know, the expensive Titleist Cobra uh, tailor-made route, you, you could pick, depending on whether you, you wanted a longer irons in your bag or you wanted to put hybrids in that end of the bag. So you could have six to pitching wedge or six to gap wedge because they made them. But it's finding wedges at that end of the bag to suit you i mean i've gone from a traditional set of big sort of forgiving cavity backs in the hippos um where the pitching wedge is actually 46 degrees to a set of callies so i go four to pitching wedge the four iron is 24 degrees and the pitching wedge is 46 degrees. So there's about a four degree gap between four iron to, to pitching wedge in the hippos. Now I've recently switched and I bought for 2024 and it's a set that I do like and I'm going to keep I think. I got some Cali cavity backs. I can't remember the name off the top of my head but they're Cali cavity backs they're stepless steel so they're, they're beautiful they're long but the five iron starts at 22 degrees and the pitching wedge is 44 degrees and when you're looking at those numbers a lot of people are probably out there going what's he talking about numbers for why do who cares what the four iron is the five iron is well i'm going to get to the point the point is, a lot of sets, like Wilson do great package sets, Cobra, the XL series, I've had a couple of people buy those irons, they're fantastic sets of clubs, for the money, you know, you can pick them up for 200, 250 quid, you know, 6 iron to sand wedge, or you're looking at a hybrid to sand wedge, in some cases, for the 250 quid. And they're a great set. But that sand wedge 
is quite strong. It's like a 53 degree wedge. With a pitching wedge that's around 45 degrees, there's an eight degree gap. And as I said before, my hippo sets are a consistent four degrees. Cleveland tend to do the same. So any any people playing Cleveland irons of any description or Ben Hogan irons will have this very consistent, you know, they're 24, 28, 32, 36, 40, 44 degree gaps, the four degree gap between all of it. And it's very hard not to look at that and go, well, okay, so that pitching wedge is 44 degrees. What's the, what's the lowest, what's the next wedge? So obviously Hippo don't do a, do a gap wedge that I know of. So you're looking at 46 degrees for that pitching wedge. And my next wedge, which is my Cleveland, is 52. And I went 52, 56, 60. So that's again, four degree gap, 52 degrees, 56 degree sand wedge, and a, a, a mid bounce, um, 60 degree wedge. In hindsight, if I was gonna choose again, because I'm quite proficient with my eight iron and six iron and uh, pitching wedge, gap wedge around the greens, I probably wouldn't have as many wedges. I I personally prefer more firepower at the top end of the bag because if I'm struggling off the tee with a driver and I've only got a driver and a three wood and I can't hit either of them, then being able to hit a hybrid or a driving iron off the tee, you know, having four options off the tee at that end of the bag is going to do better than me learning to chip with a couple of clubs at the other end. Personally, I think if you can get it further off the tee, more accurately off the tee, then what comes later, you can always teach yourself with a couple of clubs and having two or three different shots with those clubs in the bag is a better idea. But on the flip side of that, if you're one of these people who's happy with that end of the bag, but they feel they don't have enough versatility at the bottom end of the bag, then having a 60 degree wedge to get you out of a pothole bunker, very valid. But my 60 degree wedge, especially in the summer, with the courses that I tend to play on, which don't have a lot of big pot bunkers, just comes for a walk. So nine times, I'd probably say eight times out of 10 rounds, that gets pulled out and another hybrid or a long iron goes in. So when we're talking about do you, do you need more wedges? Potentially, yes. I think if you've got a package set, then a package set that goes up to sand wedge, it might be that sand wedge and what I've seen from coaching this year and seen from a lot of different club manufacturers. No offense to any club out there, you're all the same. Whether that be Titleist, Cobra, TaylorMade, Hippo, Wilson. If you buy a package set and that set's got a sand wedge in it, 
it's not a sand wedge you can open up. It's not a sand wedge that has any heel or toe relief. It's a sand wedge that has a very large sole with a lot of bounce, but will predominantly want to be played square. Now, when I say square, I mean like you're going to hit a normal shot. Faces at target, you're at target, everything is square on. That's how those package sets are built. If you want versatility, the recommendation from me in terms of wedges and your bag makeup would be you go four, five, six iron up to pitching wedge, maybe gat wedge in the same set if they make it. I'd probably say go for the gat wedge if you can get it. It's going to be cost you a little penny, a little bit more to go six to pitching wedge. Uh, sorry, to go six to gap wedge than six to pitching wedge, but at least you fill that gap. Because as I say, like myself with the Callies that have a 44 degree pitching wedge, their next wedge in the Cali set or Cali group of clubs is 52 degrees. I think they did do a 50, but that's still a six degree gap. And that's quite a lot from pitching wedge to gap wedge at 50 degrees. That's six degrees is a big gap. So ideally, you want no more than a six degree gap between your pitching wedge and your gap wedge, we shall say. But if you can pick up the gap wedge from the manufacturer of that set of irons. So like Titleist, I think their gap wedges range from 47 to about 50 degrees. And then obviously from then on, Titleist offer a 48 degree to a 62 degree set of wedges that we all know as Vokies. So you've got to really build your bag around what your needs are. And if you're one of these people that has got a package set of irons, Cobra, Wilson, whoever it may be, when you've bought that package set to start playing golf again, or just just, just you like the look of them, or you were, you were convinced in a bay that these are going to be better than you, your 20-year-old irons, you've bought them, you like them, you play them, but you've got no versatility. So if you're looking for versatility in your wedges, then maybe buying a gap wedge, something between your pitching wedge and your sand wedge, and then buying a lob wedge is going to give you more versatility. But wedges are very difficult to buy. And I don't mean that there aren't enough of them, because damn, there's enough of them. I think Cobra have got three three designs. You've got the Vokies that have got, like I say, they go from like 46 degrees right up to 62 degrees, and they've got a plethora of grinds. And when we talk about grinds, you've got the S grind, which is probably meant for sand. You've got a V-sole. You've got, you know, T grind, which is the tour grind, which has got heel and toe relief. Um, you know, they've got all kinds. They've got about four different grinds and about... 10 different lofts and it's all perspective a client messaged me the other day and said i hit a i, I want to buy a 60 degree wedge i'm not going to stop you he said i'm finding that from 50 yards i can pretty much hit it three quarters and it's stopping and it's wonderful 
I said, that's great. I said, but you've got to consider conditions. I said, the minute it's wet, so the extra bounce is you're getting, you know, out of that turf. The ball is, is, is flying quite high and stopping because greens are wet, especially here in the UK. It's been stupid weather all year, to be fair, for Walter. So... Picking your wedges, if you do have a package set, I recommend going taking a look and maybe swapping, leaving that sun wedge behind and going and getting yourself a gap wedge that fits in between, you know, after your pitching wedge, get a get, get a gap wedge and a sand wedge and maybe a lob wedge. If I had my time again, I would probably go, if I'm going to stick with these Callies, I might go 50 degree and 58 degree wedge. 50 degrees doesn't sound like a lot, and it isn't a lot. It's not a lot of loft. But the, at least the 58-degree wedge with a mid-to-low bounce, I'm going to be able to use out of bunkers, chipping it over, getting me out of some dodgy situations. And the 50-degree is going to be used as a, you know, an approach wedge or, or a bump-and-runny wedge. Because I don't use the sand wedge. It's got 14 degrees of bounce. And I don't play on a golf course that has a lot of sand in it. At least with a, with a, with a 58 degree, if I had like a tee grind where I've got loads of heel and sole and heel and toe relief, I can open and close that to my free will. I have the ability and the skill to manage the low point to get the ball out the bunker. So yeah, do you need more wedges? Probably yes. You put, I don't think you need more wedges. I think what most people need are wedges that fit the composition of their game, of their bag. Like I say, if you've got a pitching wedge that stops at 42 or 43 degrees, especially if you're in these D7, D9 irons, I think it's 43 degrees for a pitching wedge, which is old school money 9 iron. In fact, it's pretty close to old school money 8 iron not 9-iron, uh, and they go so far that at 43 degrees wedge, you're going to need a 48 degree gap wedge, a 52 degree wedge wedge, a 56 degree sand wedge, and a 60 degree lob wedge. So now you've got you know, pitching wedge, gap wedge, lob wedge, sand wedge. You've got four, potentially five wedges in the bag. And then you've got, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine iron. That's your ten that's ten clubs. Putters eleven, drivers twelve, three woods three three or five wood is thirteen, and then you've got one space. So you've got you know, between your five iron and your five wood, that's a big gap. And like I say, if you can throw a couple of those wedges or throw one of those wedges, like the fifty two degree out the bag, or fifty six degree out the bag to give yourself more ammunition at the top end, I think would benefit more golfers than it would. If you can learn yourself to chip with one wedge, and I did this, and I... It's not recommended, but there are a couple of pros that did this. They used to use a 50 or a 52 degree wedge for everything around the greens. And it's nice to know that you can control one club that way. If you have the go-to club that you can you can confidently get it up and down with inside 15, 20, 25, 35 yards, do it. Because you can build that confidence, you know how it's going to react, you know what it's going to do, learn that. But, and give yourself more options 
getting closer to the green or getting off the tee. But, like I say, it's all subjective. Do you need more wedges? Well, do you? Is your bag lacking? Do you lack versatility at that end of the bag? You know, you can't open a club up. You've got to play your sand wedge square, etc., etc. What kind of courses do you play? Is it really fine sand? Is it in the UK where the sand's crap and it's always wet? You know, and you've got to think about as well, and something I said to these clients as well about wedges, final thing about wedges, is that I tend to run two sets. So I have a two medium bounce and a high bounce sand wedge. And I also have two low bounce and a medium bounce sand wedge. And the reason being is when it gets hot in the summer, that loads of bounce is going to off the floor. It's going to crash into it. That hard pan isn't going to be fun. And you've got loads of bounce. All you're going to deliver is the leading edge of the ball. With a little bit less bounce on the bottom of the club, you're going to deliver the leading edge under the ball. You're going to get a better strike. So that's the last thing I want you to consider when it comes to wedges. If you're looking for versatility, get yourself four wedges on opposite ends of a scale. And I'd always like you to have a low bounce and a high bounce wedge. You know, low bounce if you're using it for a lot of shots like chipping and full shots, lower bounce the better. And if you're using it out of bunkers or really strange lies or just as a, a utility club, then have a, a medium bounce with lots of heel and toe relief so you can open it, close it, and use it really well. I hope that helps. And that's pretty much it. Thank you for me listening to me. Just bore you about wedges for the last 10 minutes. But all you golfers out there will understand that that end of the bag is, is up for big discussion. We know the new tailor-made driver is going to give you 5 yards, 10 yards, and 10 mile an hour in ball speed, as it does every year. But yet no one's hitting, no, no amateur I know is hitting 350-yard carries yet, which is weird, isn't it, when you're paying £700 a year for a new driver. But getting better at the low end of the game and giving yourself more options off the tee when that 700-quid driver... He's finding a tree 30 yards to the right of you after that big banana slice. What can I say? But yeah, that's that's about it. That's all I've got to say about wedges. That's what I've got to say about B vitamins. If you do want a bargain 1st of December, give us a ring. You'll be able to book 50% off my packages. And they all those packages start on the 1st of February because I'm not going to be available through January. Have a great week, and we'll see you again on Monday. Bye-bye. <laughs>